Hello and welcome to episode number 84 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, the podcast covering Heart of Midlothian, the team that booked their place in the Scottish Cup final this past weekend by defeating Edinburgh Derby rivals Hibernian. And Fucking on come on! I'm Daniel, you know that. This is Adam. Adam, how are you? Fucking fantastic. How are you? I'm the, the best ever. This is going to be, we were saying this before we started recording. Woo. We will not be able to do this justice. <laughs> if you were there, if you were watching, if you're a Hearts fan, you know we won't be able to do it justice, but we're going to fucking try. Because yes, we actually did it. We won... 2-1, we're unbeaten at Hamden against them, we're into the Scottish Cup final, Sean Maloney was right, narratives have changed because now we are guaranteed European football <laughs> until December and they have nothing left to play for. Oh my god, I'm buzzing. My certain values are winning matches at Hamden against your biggest rivals and securing European football, regardless of celebration. Yeah, what a, what a novelty that is that apparently only one half of Edinburgh understands. Have some of that, Sean. Exactly, and we will go into all of that throughout this episode. This is not going to be the usual episode where everything's really, like, we run through everything totally normally. If either one of Same. us think of random stuff <laughs> pop up, it will just be coming out. We have no idea how long this episode's going to be. But I have a feeling all of you will not mind however long it is because you all just want to enjoy this as well. Sean Maloney buys his suits from Build-A-Bear. There you go. He, he definitely does. He's out his depth in a fucking puddle and especially at Hampton. Right. We're going to try and have some form of cohesion to this. <laughs> I have a lot of notes. I Obviously, I'm hosting this, so I was in charge of doing notes. I have watched... The full game in attendance. I have watched it back twice. I have watched Hearts TV, Hibs TV, Premier Sports and BBC highlights. So if I've missed something, it's not worth talking about or I'm an idiot and I've forgotten a massive moment. I've just watched their goals on repeat. Couldn't care less about anything That's else. understandable. Right. We're going to start at the very beginning with the lineups. So... Robbie Nielsen during the week said it was very much a game of stick or twist for both managers. Does Maloney stick with what he did and hopes it comes good because the first 20 minutes was good? Or does he change it? And does he, Robbie Nielsen, go, oh, well, we were pretty poor for the first 25 minutes. I'll tw- change it. Or do I follow on and continue? Well, for us, Robbie chose to stick, naming a completely unchanged 11, something that I called for and you called for last week. How happy were you when you saw that come out? I'm not sure. Ha- like I was certainly happy, um, more relieved I think because yeah. I can understand if the first half hour of that league derby he'd have been tempted to change something to try and get us off to a fast start. But in the end, it just goes to show that sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So was delighted to see that. Definitely. So I will just run through the team again. I'm looking very pale on the YouTube because I've got a white screen. <laughs> so I'm not just a bit of pass out with excitement. That's all it is. However, it was Craig Gordon and goals, Toby Civic, Craig Halkett and Stephen Kingsley <clears throat> as a back three, Cochrane and Atkinson as wingbacks, Haring and Haldy in the middle, Boyce and Mackay behind Sims in the weird 3-4-2-1, 3-5-2, 5-3-2, 
5-3-1-1, whatever you want to call Hearts lineup. However, the talking point from the teams was the fact that Maloney twisted and decided to ring in the changes and make five changes to the side that lost at Tynecastle. And for me, the three biggest ones were Ryan Porteous, of course, coming back in, which we all knew, and sadly replacing Rocky Bashiri, which we had all hoped he wouldn't do. Heart goes Lewis, out to the heart of Midlothian family. Exactly. Lewis Stevenson coming in and playing in the middle of the park instead of his kind of preferred left-back role. And then, and what is definitely the most surprising one, I think, for Hearts fans in a positive way, and what was terrifying for Hibs fans, is that James Scott got the nod up front. Now, I was driving through in the car, and when I saw that Hibs team and clicked on the quote tweets, I don't know if it made me more or less confident, but I was definitely thinking, oh, well, this is n- they are not confident. Because the main tweet that I remember was, this should be classed as a terrorist act. <laughs> Was the main takeaway? Who what posted did, that? that is I don't brilliant. know. I don't know who it was. But what did you think <laughs> when you saw the Hibs team? Um, I certainly wasn't, you know, fearing for my welfare. Um, what I will <laughs> say is that, yeah, I think the Porteous coming back in was a nap. Um, I don't get James Scott coming in up front. Um. Ewan Henderson, I actually think, is a decent wee player, and mm-hmm. like we'll come to that, obviously. But I think if there's one thing that I've learned over the past few weeks, it's that Hibs supposedly have better quality players, um, but absolutely none of them get into the heart of Midlothian starting eleven. it's fair to say now. Um, that game just goes to show it, and as did the weekend before. So, yeah, it's not exactly the strongest team, but... I don't think it really mattered what what eleven they put out. To be fair, that's pretty pretty fair. Uh, just before we actually get into the game, there is one comment that, obviously, being in attendance, I didn't hear. Uh, but watching the game back and watching the full broadcast back in the BBC, I heard Maloney in his pre-match interview was asked about the James Scott Melkerson switch. Um, I feel bad. I can't remember who was doing the interviews. However. He said that he wanted James Scott to be more physical and that he was like, of course, Melkerson isn't that. However, he then said, Melkerson will have a huge part to play in this game. Now, we're obviously jumping forward here, but I feel like saying about a guy who's going to have a huge part to play in the game, bringing them on with 10 minutes to go isn't the best management. And I think immediately that shows you like the slight disconnect between Maloney what he says and what he seems to actually do. It's great hearing managers come out and say what you want to hear, but it's actually like putting it into practice, like you say. That just screams to me that he wasn't fit, but it's as though Sean Maloney's trying to justify his selection for him amongst the subs. Mm-hmm. Really odd, but then he says a lot of odd things, so I'm not really all that surprised. I, I don't... I don't get it at all. I don't get him just just coming out and saying stuff like that. Surely, if he's got such a big part to play, he should be a first pick regardless. We sort of had doubts as to whether Cammy Devlin would feature from the start, but it's obvious with our selection that he wasn't fit from the get-go. 
mm-hmm. and that 10 minute spell was all that he had so why would Sean Maloney not just come out and say oh well Melkerson's not up to not up to speed not up to standards um, is carrying a knock or something but we want to chuck him on in the latter stages because if a chance falls he might take it something like that rather than coming out and saying oh he's going to have a big part to play and as you say albeit Hibs are trailing in the game they're chasing a goal but 10 minutes is that really long enough for your striker to gain a couple chances and try and find an equaliser not for me no it's absolutely mental Uh, and again just before we get to the game I do just want to quickly mention the TIFO that we had of course we spoke about it last week I was right under it I was in the very centre under the A as it was a spelling out of heart you were looking at it what did it look like from within the stand I thought it looked good I know that there's it's come under a little bit of criticism with regards to the two centre letters, i.e. the A and the R, being somewhat similar. I I didn't read it like that. Maybe I'm biased, but I thought it looked quite good. Um, because as I said to you, I was literally, what, three seats away from the kind of separation barrier from Hearts fans and Hibs fans. So I actually got a great view of it and I took a decent snap on the, the Perty Paisley Instagram um, but yeah, I, I thought it looked quite good. I don't see why it got such widespread criticism, to be honest. Well, I think I do understand, because I was then going to ask you, what did you make of Hibbs's TIFO? Because the Scotland flag was a really good yeah, design. It was a real shame that they kind of they'd set, had their heart set on that, hadn't they? And it seemed as yeah. though they were kind of halfway there. It's either that they don't know what the whole Scotland flag looks like, They've obviously just got muddled up. They must have got their days wrong. Or like the gaffer says, perhaps there were some buses stuck on the M8. I, I didn't quite get that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I guess we'll never really know. However, the game then did start. And the first real big moment, if you want to call it that, I wouldn't really, but we will be accused of bias if we don't mention it. Ewan Henderson runs down the flank. And the ball gets played through and... It hits off Kingsley's shoulder. Whatever. And Hibs are going ballistic for a penalty. What do you make of it? Talk about clutching at straws. Um, If it hits off the shoulder, then you've just answered your own question. Say no more. Next. Exactly. However, the actual first big moment of the game. Kingsley plays the ball out to Alex Cochran, who plays a fantastic ball through to Liam Boyce who has Sims in the box and I think gets caught in two minds about whether to shoot himself or square it across and what he ends up doing is going in between and just kind of tripping on his weaker foot sending it wide I was obviously this will become a theme for this discussion I'm right behind the goal so my depth perception is terrible because I was row BB so I was reasonably low down as well. So I can't tell how far away he is from the goal. I don't know what's happening. You, however, have an amazing angle of it. So I'll let you discuss this moment I, a bit more. I have an amazing angle of it, but I don't know what it is. Because <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> it seems like he sort of stumbles. He's he's onside. So my, mm. my thought process was that he'd square for Sims. And it seems as though the square is well and truly on, but he just he just gets it all wrong. I think 
if I could sum up Liam Boyce's afternoon, what I would say is that I was delighted to see him sing the heart song in the tunnel after the match. <laughs> Other than that, I couldn't really, couldn't really. There was no him. highlights. There was the, no, there was no real other positives, um, apart from the fact that he was he found himself on the winning side. So that was about it. Um, I think he had his worst game as a Hearts player. Easy, comfortably. <laughs> this this is like when Daniel Stendel had chucked him out on the left. Yeah. I, it is because he literally appeared on the left two times. One he should centre for Sims, and the other he doesn't score when it seems for all the world like he's going to. And I put my mortgage on him tucking it away. It was gamble responsibly, kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> However. Speaking about players who score goals, <coughs> the next action is in the 15th minute. A ball is played through to Ellis Sims, who is judged as offside. Now again, at the time, I can't tell, it's hard to tell at the moment, but you can actually see he's clearly onside. It's a ridiculous decision by the linesman. However, it has actually massively benefited us, as heads from the ensuing free kick... Our prime Sean Maloney wanting to play nice football, tiki-taka, slow on the ground. And Paul McGinn, who is brought in from, uh, to the side who hadn't played a lot recently. Alex Cochran, much like he did for our second, eh, for our third, sorry, last week, just realises, I can get this. So goes in with a tough challenge. It allows the ball to break. Barry McKay takes it down in his chest. Really quickly feeds in Sims. And Sims does something that perhaps people have criticised him for not doing previously, where people have been like, he's taking too long to do something, he's maybe taking an extra touch that he didn't need to. He has just looked up, realised where he is, and in my notes I have put, he hits it so fucking hard. Adam, he hit that ball so hard, and it flies past Macy, and we're 1-0 up. An absolute rocket. Could not believe it. That is the definition of a thunder bastard. Yes. What a goal. And it was absolute chaos in the stands. I could not believe my eyes. Um, because the big man... I, am I right in saying that his last goal was in the previous round against St Mirren? St Mirren, yep. So it's been a wee while coming and he's had a couple couple decent chances, but unbelievable. Um can I just say, like, we were talking about Sean Maloney and the changes within the early exchanges of this pod. That back three, that's the first time that they've played together since December. Is that right? Is that Why? how long it's been? Like, how... Wow. That's baffling. Um, and Ellis Sims, if you're a young aspiring striker, watch Ellis Sims for the past three hours against Tibbs. Because no matter who he comes up against, if it's Rocky Bashiri any of the three jokers that we saw on Saturday, he chucked that trio about like an empty trackie. He was genuinely outstanding. A, a total focal point in attack. Um, and scored an absolute raker to top it all off. Bear in mind that this was so early on in the game, but even still, in the latter stages, I thought, even just sort of bodying people, buying mm -hmm. fouls, Anything. The big man was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and my frustration was kind of... The likes of Liam Boyce and Barry McKay not really picking up the little pockets that he was creating through sheer strength. Um, absolutely tremendous. And was the epitome of a modern-day lone striker for me. 
I think because this will be prevalent throughout this entire episode. Because I was just so stressed during the 90 minutes, I don't think I really properly appreciated how good he was because when it was announced that he was man of the match, I was kind of a bit like, eh, all right, ah, his goal is really good with that. And then, what, as I say, I've watched the whole game back. He doesn't put a foot wrong. No, he he is far and away our best player in that park. Fantastic. So happy for him. I put on Twitter that for every round of the cup he has been available for us for, he's scored. And that's an amazing thing to have. As you say, we've been waiting for a wee bit in the week, but I could not give a toss. Like, if he only wants to score in the Scottish Cup, he's welcome to do that. No, listen, if he's got one saved for the final, then uh, be sure to hit one. Um, but he's everything that Armand Nandvili should have been for us. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which just goes to show that, again, whilst we were off to such a solid start this season it's absolutely imperative that you find the right players mm-hmm. in any transfer window that you can. Um, and I think in terms of January signings, I mean, we've had a couple couple decent ones in recent seasons, a couple shockers in recent seasons. He's certainly one of the best for me. The last the last best January signing I can remember is Boyce, because obviously we've got yeah. him. Obviously, his impact didn't start immediately, but Boyce overall has been fantastic. And then before that, I think it like Zfuk in the championship season where he just came in and just scored a hundred goals in the last few months. Say no more. I mean, Ellis Sims, if you continue to add to the numbers, fantastic. Yeah. We, Everton are wanting this to work out just as much as Hearts are. Yeah. And it seems as though it's been a fantastic transfer all round. One that hopefully, with European group stage football secured, we could uh, we could maybe tent the toffees into another season up north for the big man, but we'll see. Very much so. And probably at this moment, Ellis Sims is thinking, right, that's it. That's goal of the day scored. I've got that secured. Now nobody's beating that. However, five minutes later, we just got... When this happened, the first thing I said was, what the fuck is going on? Because Nathaniel Atkinson picks the ball up and drives forward is absolutely hacked down by Harry Clark and somehow doesn't get booked. Which, believe me, we will come on to decisions by John Beaton <laughs> later on. But inexplicably is not booked. Stephen Kingsley and Barry Mackay are standing over the free kick. Now, again, I've, I've said it a couple of times already. I can't tell how far out we are. So I'm thinking, right, we're, we're still lining up like Kingsley and Mackay, so we're clearly a distance away. But even from where I was, I was like, I think this is pretty far. There's no way he can just hit it. So, in fairness, he doesn't. Stephen Kingsley lays it off to Liam Boyce in clearly a set-piece routine that we were later revealed has actually never been practised by Stephen Kingsley and has only been practised by Barry Mackay on the other side. Liam Boyce lays it off 25-ish yards out. And Stephen Kingsley... I mean, if you've... If you listen to this, you know I can't do this justice by describing what happens. He opens up his foot, curls it with his left, it flies past everybody, including Matt Macy, into the back of the net. The greatest goal we have ever seen in person, and for me, the most insane celebration I have ever taken part in, and we're 2 0 up inside 20 minutes. 
What are you meant to say about it? You, you <laughs> literally nicked every single word that I could <laughs> Yeah. I just, I just... I love him so much. He's Honestly. <laughs> I think what speaks volumes about Stephen Kingsley and this goal is the fact that I've seen so many videos from Hearts fans preparing just in case he bangs one because we know what he's capable of. I'm, I think I've seen about five, ten different angles. Yes. <laughs> and each one, like, I'm genuinely astonished every single time I've seen it. The fact he hesitated when he was asked if it's the best goal of his career. Are you winding me up? That's the best goal that Hamden Park has ever seen. Zinedine yeah. Zidane was watching that, greeting his eyes out because yeah. of that volley against Leverkusen. That was the only other contender. I don't care about Patrick Sheik at the Euros, furthest no. Euros goal ever. Don't care. No. That was against Scotland and in our own backyard. It's embarrassing. We're a keeper at the halfway line. Exactly. Like, doesn't count. And it wasn't even CG, so nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. That goal, oh my goodness gracious me. That is the best goal I've ever seen Hart score in the flesh, without a shadow of a doubt. And I don't know whether the occasion plays a part in that. It's just the sheer skill. Like, the BBC had an angle. I don't even know how to describe the ball. Is it the one behind them? It's unbelievable. That's the exact one. And you see it. It's like a missile. And it's inch perfect. There could be... Ten Matt Macy's in that goal. They're not getting anywhere near it. It's and that's the thing. He's a massive world. guy. He's, he's six, six. six. Six, six, seven. Like, what? Yeah. How? Beyond belief. And like I say, the highlight is, obviously, with it being to my left-hand side and me being virtually right next to the Hibs fans, I'm sort of watching it. And then as it's gone in, I'm looking around at my mates in sheer disbelief. Pan back to the Hibs fans who haven't even bothered to turn back round to us at this point. And there's a couple of them just with their head, like head in their hands, just in sheer disbelief. I see a couple of them leaving. I'm like, this is fantastic, man. Honestly, hook this up into my veins. It was like a drug. I could not get enough of it. Um, bedlam. Beauty, yeah. brilliance and bedlam. That is that is the only way to describe that goal. It is an absolute screamer. I I um, really like James McFadden on commentary and stuff like that, and I really like his punditry. But I think anybody can really like James McFadden's commentary for this because obviously, <laughs> as a, he really liked both goals, and as a striker, it's always good to get analysis from like a former striker on commentary about goals. But you can tell that when he's talking about it, it kind of goes out of analysis because that angle where it shows you behind, he's midway through a point and he just stops and goes, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's such a great little moment. And Liam McLeod on commentary as well is just losing his mind when it goes in. Oh, it's, and then the gif of Nielsen that we've all seen because, and I've worked out who it is that he's doing it to, it's Boyce. I didn't realise who it was. But when you see this Jordan, his film, when you see he got an angle from, he's behind the Hibs goal. So you can see that Boyce, everybody celebrates, but Boyce doesn't join them immediately. He stands in front and does that to the bench and Nielsen points at him and does that. And it was just, I've never experienced a moment like that in a stadium. Jordan's film was immense. And yeah. like even, 
even what you were saying, I, I think the gaffer and the rest of the coaching team are in disbelief as well. Yeah. Astonishing. An, an absolute beauty. Um, wow. Just wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then, unbelievable. because it's hearts, it had to be immediately now, shit. This, this was truly <laughs> unbelievable. But in I, a negative sense. Yeah. So, my notes here go with boo. So, straight from kickoff. Why? A played, Why? A ball is played forward. It's not a dangerous ball. No. Oh, look. It's been controlled by our player. That's fine. What he's either going to do is he's either going to punt it out of the play or punt it up the park. Surely he's not going to trap it and kind of walk forward towards the goal. Oh, he is. Oh, Toby Sibic has just controlled it, pissed about with it. Lewis Stevenson's nicked it, squared it across. Cadden goes for it once, it rebounds back to him, and within 25 seconds, those Hibs fans that were starting to walk out embarrassingly <laughs> run back in because it's 2-1 and they're immediately back in it. And I managed to see the faces of the Hibs fans that were previously like yeah, hiding course. from my golden. Yeah. Why does he not just boot the ball to buggery? Seriously? Yeah. Like, what is he doing? What and are he, we doing? Sibig was really bad in this first half, generally. I <laughs> so think he grew he into the game. Definitely. His second half, he was what? much better. Fuck me. Like, what uh, are you doing? Anything but that. Yeah. I don't care if you can see the corner, can see the throw in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If it deflects off a hips player even better and goes out of play. If it's up the park aimlessly. Anything but that. Yeah. And even the goal itself, like... How lucky do Hibs actually want to get? Yeah, Stevenson pulls it back. The initial shot comes in. I think it hits off Joe Newell, who's coincidentally on the deck. It's yeah. not even like Hearts try and clear it. And Chris Cadden, I think I don't even know if it was him that takes the first shot. Yeah, it is. It's a second it bite of the cherry regardless. Yeah. And fuck me. Within 20 seconds, you said. 25 seconds. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Hearts. It was so us. It's so us to do. We've just scored two worldies and then that's the goal we concede. But, yeah, throughout the season, we've not had any of those moments. So why no, does this not. have to come in this game now? Yeah, I know. It was... the, the entire complexion of that game changed from that moment. Yeah. And all Toby Civic has to do is punt it. Yeah. I do, I do really agree with you, by the way, that he grew into the game. And I feel like this has been a theme of Civic so far. His second halves have been really strong. Ross County away, he made two goal-saving challenges yeah. that got us a point. Hebs last week, well, the the league game, his first half he was really poor. Second half, didn't he put a foot wrong? This game, really poor in the first half, and then he looked solid having to play like three separate defensive positions. Can we just tell Toby Civic second half of the full 90? I, I was going to say exactly that. If he's not first choice, then I'm delighted to bring him off the bench because evidently it's the second half sub that's going to make everything okay. I, I don't get it, mate. Even, uh, was it Motherwell's first game that he joined? Yeah. And he came on as like a sweeper and was brilliant. Yeah. I was thinking, this is great. We finally got another capable defender to bring off the bench here. And yet, I don't know what it is. When he, is it because he's that nervous that he's got to kind of make a starting berth his is this what maybe plays into his mind for a first half i will say does he have to like does he have to receive a kick up the arse from teammates from the coaches whoever 
to then come out and perform I don't better know. in the second. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maybe because he himself has said he didn't expect to get as much game time as he's got, but because of injuries, it's meant we've had to. And he has had to come in at a time where we're playing all our biggest games. He's not had that bedding in process where it's like we're playing, I don't know, when we were beating Livingston at home and it was really comfortable. And that, it's like the. Most of his games have been Rangers away, Hibs away, Hibs at home, Hibs at Hamden, like a game up in Dingwall where we've no one there. And like, we're and then did he not sign poor. prior to Sims or sort of just after? Just after Sims, I think. So not not long know. after. Sims had been playing regularly though. Civic hadn't played in nine weeks regularly before he arrived. Uh, okay, but. I don't know. I, I, I still I, don't think that excuses that moment. You don't no, need to have match fitness. No, no, definitely not. Anything like but that to understand you're talking that. over the piece, and I get that. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the jury's out for me with Toby Civic. I, I want it to work because I think he'd be a fantastic player. I think he's better in midfield. At the back and in midfield. Again, that flexibility, if Robbie likes to roll with a, a squad that's trimmed or a slim squad... The versatility is, you know, probably of the utmost importance, and he gives yeah. us that. Um, but it's been a slow start. But hey, listen, that's fine. He's what I would like to see in these split games, given that they're practically meaningless anyway. Yeah. And what he probably will get, given the couple injuries that we've got, is a, a bit of a run in the team, and mm-hmm. hopefully, confidence will build. Heading up to now a, a Scottish Cup final to look forward to. How good does it feel to say that sentence? Oh Wait, God. you're getting ahead of yourself. Our, you're getting our ahead. Third final in four seasons. This Mental. is where this club should be. It's yeah. great. Definitely. Come on, Hearts. Well, Love we could have been there comfortably. We should have been there comfortably. For, that's, yeah. the, that's the only criticism that we've got yeah. of the afternoon was that. Well. Here's one of the main moments as right at the end of the half, Alex Cochran again plays a ball up to Alice Sims who nods it on and Boyce takes an immaculate touch to drag him away from every single Hibs defender and I'm thinking, this is it. We're going to go 3-1 right at the end of the half and that kills Hibs' momentum. But it's on his weaker side and he drags it narrowly past the post. And I think that moment summed up Boyce's afternoon, where it was like, I think at that point I went, he's no scoring the day. That he's having a nightmare. Because if Liam Boyce doesn't score that, it's like, he's off it. Yeah. And, and the angle that I'm at... It sounds, Again, you have a much better view of it. It sounds yeah. terrible to say, but I knew he'd missed as soon as he'd hit it. You know, yeah. you, like... The Sims is just instinctive, but I know exactly where it's headed once he's left his boot. And again, mm-hmm. it's the same for boys. The first touch is immaculate. And this is what people that don't watch Liam Boyce on a regular basis can't seem to understand. We've said on here that outsiders deem him just to be a goal scorer. But it's everything, mate. Like, if you watch him on a 90 minutes, he doesn't necessarily have to score to be at the heart of the action. That's probably the biggest compliment I can pay him. It's just a shame to say that on Saturday he had an absolute Western Super Mare. Um, it was not one of his better games. It probably was his worst game in a heart shirt. But hey, he sang the song at full time, so who cares? And little bit of insider information. It, the exact quote from him is, 
It was rubbish, but who cares? That's the exact wording. That's my striker. Just get out of your system. On to the next one. Who cares? So, that did bring us into half-time. A very eventful first half. How did you feel at this point? Because for the first 20 minutes, I thought we were playing really well. We were really dominant. Had controlled the game and scored two worldies. And then from the minute they scored, they seemed to be in the ascendancy. They seemed to be the one... They never created a lot of chances. And I, I want to speak about that when we speak about the game as a whole. They didn't create a lot of chances, but they were just having a lot of the ball. How did you feel at halftime? Uh, I was delighted to take a seat, first and foremost, because that was a whirlwind 45. <laughs> um, I didn't even get that. to take a seat, because guy, the guy behind me was the most steaming I've ever seen a person at a football game. And as the whistle went to start the game, he spilt an entire bottle of juice down my seat so I couldn't sit down for the whole game even if I wanted to I couldn't <laughs> oh I'll tell you what there was a couple of sore heads on Sunday morning that's for sure <laughs> um, I, I don't know I think Andy Halliday came off in that first half didn't he oh we need to speak about that we need to speak about that because I'm not going to lie I just felt as though we lost any grip that we had on the game as soon as he came off. I'm annoyed at him. I like Aaron McInef, I do. I want this move to work he out. He was so bad! But he that was back pass! Dreadful. That back pass! That's the first thing I said. Corner. That is the first thing I said to somebody. As soon as I heard after the game, somebody mentioned Aaron McInef. I was like, that shell out to Gordon, I was shitting my pants. You're under no pressure. No pressure whatsoever. Albeit options are closed off, that's fine. <laughs> Just a simple, nice, gentle back pass to the goalkeeper to then get us up the park. <laughs> what is that? Liam Boyce? I don't know whose shell was worse. Boyce is in the first half, or McInef back to Gordon. I could not believe my eyes. McInef's is worse because it's completely ne- unnecessary. And given how shite the goal was, I was thinking, if this comes back to bite us, we've uh-huh. only got ourselves to blame. This would yeah. be... The biggest car crash in the history of Edinburgh Derby car crashes. My goodness. I will say though. Oh, God almighty. I was annoyed. I was annoyed at Halliday after the game. Why is that? Because, by annoyed, I'm a bit like, oh, for God's sake, Halliday. Was it In that kind of way. No, oh no, I'm all for that. That's class. Any little bit of shit house I'm all for. Yeah, that's class. (laughs) Um, It's not about his performance or anything. It's nothing to do with that. It's, in the car back, we were listening to Sports Sound and he was interviewed and he admitted that if it wasn't a semi-final, he wouldn't have played because he wasn't fit. And I'm like, I get that, right? See, as an individual, I totally get that. Who am I to say, no, you can't play? But as a fan who is like, that puts us at a disadvantage because we, we don't have everybody fit. It's like, if you're not fit enough, to play this game, you're putting us at a disadvantage. Now, obviously, it didn't happen that way, and that's great. But if we had got beat, and it came out that Halliday wasn't had no place There's no, there's no way that, that game. comes out if we get beat. Mate. True. No very true. Chance. Very true. But I'm with you. As I say, annoyed probably isn't the right word. It's more just like, a, oh, for God's sake, Halliday, that's yeah. added more stress. It's frustrating, but I think that... I don't know what the chat he would have had with Robbie with regards to prior to the match would have been like mm-hmm. because 
does the manager view Andy Halliday as an integral part of his system for this game? Especially Probably. when we don't have Cammy Devlin to start. Exactly. Probably given the performance that he's just put in. He's off the back mm-hmm. of bagging a brace in the derby. Cammy Devlin, like you say, coming back from injury, albeit was fantastic in the 10 minutes that we saw, yeah. but <laughs> is that all that he had in the tank? Probably. Mm-hmm. Would that alter things and would Toby Civic then have gone into midfield with Taylor Moore coming in at the back? Bit risky. Similarly, would Aaron McInef come into partner Haring right from the start? Again, bit risky. So maybe the gaffer just views him as being so integral and doesn't want to risk it by changing things that he opts to start him. If it goes out the window 10, 15 minutes in... Okay. However, that then means that's a sub that was almost wasted. I hear we had that. To, we but, used up a sub. But ha- in that half hour that he's on the park, it, it finishes 2-1. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's all chance what with Hibbs missing it's all with chances. hindsight we're yeah. sitting here with hindsight yeah yeah and look it, it's daft to say that it sounds selfish but the team does come first in this yeah absolutely. absolutely and I don't know whether that is surely to the benefit of the team even him just featuring for that half hour yeah the of first course. half hour yeah. in the game yeah you, you, get, you get what I'm alluding to. I, I'm, not, I'm not wording it correctly, but you, no, you I know generally what I mean. That's that's why I'm like, I don't think annoyed for me is the right word, because I'm no. not annoyed at him. It's just like, well, thank God it didn't even affect the game. Uh, yeah, it's... Or the result. Again, it's probably a relieved. Rather yeah, than... that's probably it. That is probably it. Um, my other highlight of the halftime break was that I finally got to meet Richard Cobb in person, and that was that was lovely. I, I, I did see that. I saw that he tagged Perth Basil yeah. on the Twitter and it was gagging on taking over our Instagram, which would have been an <laughs> absolute disaster. So thankfully, <laughs> that was not the case. Well, that then did start the second half. And right, this is the pinnacle of Daniel who can't see what's going on at the <laughs> other end of that pitch because Hebb's got a corner in the 54th minute. And every Hibs fan is thinking, oh my God, it's a Henderson brother swinging in a ball in that end of Hamden. It's going to happen again, lads. And if there was any other goalkeeper on the planet, it does happen again. Because Ryan Porteous rises and meets that ball as perfectly as you want a centre-half to head a ball into a goal from a corner. It's low, it's driven, it's into the corner. And from my perspective... It hits the post and Gordon is a lucky man to claim it. Then you see the replay and Gordon somehow manages to get a palm to it, push it onto the post and then does get quite fortunate that the ball then perfectly lands back in his grasp. For the third time this episode, you had a much better view of this. I'd what was had, your reaction? I still had absolutely no idea what was going on. And okay, the, cool. the, the two goals were fantastic. I was able to see them clearly, not a problem. I think because of the sheer amount of traffic within that yeah, box. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was like, what on earth is happening here? And then, I'm not going to lie, I did think it was Andy. Was Andy. I thought, oh my God, there is absolutely no way that these bastards have managed to come back from two, two zip down again. But the best thing, the best thing, is not the fact that it's Ryan Porteous, although that is great. 
it's, it is. it's seeing all the Hibs fans adamant that they've done it. They've managed to pull themselves <sighs> level remarkably. And the video that I saw of this one wee gadget recording oh the other God. end, absolutely sensational content. And and Get one it. of his mates is mouthing off, oh, I thought that was my moment, because he's... That's the best moment of the... That's the moment! Absolutely the tremendous viewing. Um, <sighs> hilarious. Just, I, I thought... <laughs> Just so fortunate because again, like couldn't see a thing, and then once I find out that it's a Craig Gordon wonder save, as if I couldn't love that man anymore. I know. Just great. for me, that's it. That that's the tie one in that moment there, because if they get a goal, that's it. I think we get beat. I hear that, but then I I just felt as though they were probably in the ascendancy from the Cadden goal coming from nothing anyway. Mm-hmm. Although I'm with you, like it, it very much gave the kind of that same kind of feel for me as the loss to Celtic at Tynecastle with the boys missed pen. Boys touched yeah. that, we'd probably go on and win the game. And again, yeah, that's coming from two down, where we yep, probably started definitely. too late, if anything. Um, so th- these are the sort of tiny little instances within the game that define the result. But thankfully, we've got a world-class goalkeeper that ensured it somehow remained 2-1. And then one of the other biggest moments of the games happened as Joe Newell is already booked. Now, Joe Newell, shouldn't, in my opinion, shouldn't be on the park at this point anyway. Because his booking could have been a red. He goes studs in to Mackay from behind, opening 10 minutes. Then, as Porteous makes that header... He elbows Haring in the face, and that's why Haring's on the ground, as Gordon makes that ridiculous save. However, Newell and Haring again, I think it's Henderson Haring initially clashes with, gets the ball, and then he gets up. It's clearly going to win that ball. There is no way he isn't going to win that, but Joe Newell, because he's a fucking clown, just decides, no, I'm going to jump in lunge studs up into this challenge Hibs are dirty 10 men as he gets his second yellow and if you've done yourself if you've not done yourself a favour go and watch the Hibs TV highlights just in general it's a great laugh but it's so funny at this moment because whoever the other commentator is because we will speak about the other commentator later on in the episode but the Scottish commentator absolutely loses his fucking marbles at Joe Newell. Ranting and raving going, and he's been like that a few times, and he agrees with me, saying that he should have been off the park earlier and got lucky, and just goes, he's cost us, he's cost us, Joe Newell's cost us that, he's a disgrace, good that he's going down the tunnel. What is he doing? I see it a couple of times from my head's mates, sort of about persistent fouling and whatever. They have the worst disciplinary record in the league, by I, the way. It doesn't surprise me. Like that, that is just brainless. It's idiotic of the highest order. Epitomises Hibernian Football Club. Um, and like, why? Why does he feel the need? Like the ball's away. Haring gets there first. If you leave something on him, you're just asking for it. Asking it's for crazy. it. And yeah. again. Like you'd said, a couple fouls beforehand, okay, gets away with. 
John Beaton's just not a very good referee, is he? He's terrible. Like, He's I so bad. I say this is a team that won, but my goodness gracious me. And I know that Bobby Madden didn't do himself any other favours in the other semi. We are going to need a miracle from the man in the middle. Come the final. That's Telling you now it's going to be Nick Walsh. Do you think it will? Telling you now it will be Nick Walsh. Won't make you say that. Yeah. Because Nick Walsh is like every big... I saw somebody say it on Twitter, and it was a Rangers fan saying that they're unhappy about it. <laughs> but apparently Nick Walsh has refereed a lot of big Rangers games this season and has been terrible. And he's refereed a lot of big Hearts games this season and been terrible. So why not make it a complete package and referee a terrible Hearts Rangers game in the biggest game of the to season? To coincide with the other terrible refereeing performances at a multitude of clubs throughout exactly. the Scottish Professional Football League pyramid. Great. However, the 10 men of Hibs kind of... It didn't change the game in a way that I think a lot of people may have expected. The biggest compliment I'll give Hibs is we looked like the ones with 10 men. Yeah, That's all I'll say. For the vast majority of that match, the best part of an hour, we were utter shite. Yeah, basically. Which is Um, great that we've still come out winning. It's even better. It makes it so much better. Certain values, baby. I value winning and results over performance... And losses. Every single time. Could not care less. Well, since after that red card, we were actually the first team to have a chance. As Gordon clears a long ball, which again is nodded on by Cochrane, into the path of Mackay, who feeds through Sims, but it's parried by Macy, and then the ensuing shot from Mackay is out for a corner. But then, the other big moment that Beaton gets unbelievably wrong this is the worst Gordon Palms yeah it definitely is Gordon Palms a free kick around the post from Henderson the ensuing corner goes out for another corner and then that corner results in the ball getting cleared to the edge of the box to Haring who plays it off to Mackay who is absolutely taken out by the substitute Josh Campbell complete straight leg not looking at the ball not going for it studs up lunges in Mackay's really lucky that he doesn't actually make a whole lot of contact with him because if he does, it's a leg breaker, it's atrocious. A big stramash happens, Haring fucking runs in in about two steps and launches somebody. I think it's I was thinking just nuts, somebody nuts someone and get away with it on the slide. That's what I'm all about. It's really funny, it's really funny to see uh, the Hearts TV commentary with Laurie and Jimmy going, oh, listen. A yell card's fine there, I don't know what they're doing. And then they start to see the replays and then going, That's an oh, absolute no, wait. disgrace. <laughs> yeah, they're fully justified. I think, and listen, beaten is just shit, right? But I think that's him going, oh, if I send him off, that's the tie dead. And he doesn't want to do that. Can I just say, I'm going to give a shout out to my, my old man here because he had two bets, one of which was a sensational shout. And. <laughs> A bit of insight. Whenever we sign a new striker, this is probably the reason why we've not had a prolific goal scorer for the past 20 years, as long as we've both been alive. If a striker scores on their debut, my dad thinks they're going to score the first goal every single week. So we'll place money on them simultaneously. I think the only one that's ever come in in the history of heart strikers is Juan Madel Gado. That's about it. That's the only one that springs to mind. However, he said to me, Stephen Kingsley to score any time is a fantastic bet. So I had a little fiver on that. Lovely jubbly. 11 to 1. Decent. 60 quid back. Not too bad. He then had another bet 
I've just got it up here while you were talking away. He chucked on a wee bet builder uh, with 365. He had over two goals in the match for both teams combined. So, of course, that landed with it being 2-1. A red card in the match, yes, that landed. I was thinking, oh my God, as soon as he sent me that, I was thinking, does he think that Ryan Portis is going to get sent off? Because that would have been the most <laughs> obvious bet. Yet he's, st- he's been clever and not gone for solely Portis, but for a red card. Mm-hmm. What let him down was the over eight corners in the match for both teams combined. And see when Hibs had that flurry of corners, I thought there was about eight in, in quick succession. I was thinking, uh, who on earth does that not come in? Was it not seven in the game as a whole? Uh, 22 to one. But this was over eight, so I don't know if he needed nine. Ah, right. So okay. he's, he's sent it back to me, obviously, another five on that. So he was five. Hundred fifty, an extra hundred fifteen quid, and he was two corners away, absolutely spewing. But like that could have been a chaos. What with like the cards, the corners, bedlam, absolute bedlam, both on and off the park. It was great. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and the best part was all the kind of I don't want to say the praise towards Hibs because that I find baffling, given that they've lost. Yeah, but just how rubbish we were and still won. Yeah, it's it's, it's sort amazing. of funny at the time. I was a little bit uh, sort of uninspired, thinking, Do you know what, we've got away with one. Now I just find it totally hilarious because you either want to absolutely batter them or be terrible and still yeah. beat them. Like my ticker was going, you know, raj for the best part of an hour. Yet I still found it funny, um, and it's just. Thank God, honestly. Like, they yeah. they basically ruined that for themselves. Ryan Porteous mm-hmm. acting like mm-hmm. the dick that he is. Joe Newell being the wee persistent fouling knob that he is. Great. Loved it. And remarkably, they, they didn't go down to nine men. But yeah, tremendous, crazy. tremendous yeah. scenes. Great shithousery from Hearts as well. No doubt you've got another incident toward the end that I want to get on to. Because that, <laughs> oh, fucking that hell. was brilliant. So, before that, we get to Hibs, uh, who apparently battered us off the park and dominated uh, only their second shot of the uh, half, as Cadden crosses a ball in that takes a deflection off Cochrane, bounces awkwardly in front of the man who will have a big impact on the game, <laughs> Elias Melkerson, who weirdly just kind of heedbutts it past Gordon, and Gordon kind of looks at him as if like, are you alright, mate? Like, was that intentional? Have you, However, have you noticed how strange Hibbs' attacking players are? What does that mean? Like, this boy Chris Mueller's a bit of a weirdo, isn't he? What with, like, the owl I mean, He's apparently on that. 10 grand a week, I know. Yeah, but he's just a weird guy. He's ah, so, he's a weird like, guy. He's very American, I will say. I was going to say, I was gonna say that, and then I retracted. I was going to say, he's such a yank, but, like... With an owl and all, like, he's a weird one. And then you've got wee Melkerson with his headband on. Just a, just a weird... Try fight Devlin. Uh, no. And Devlin kind of look at him and be like, all right, come on then. I mean, <laughs> I said, like, Cammy Devlin's tiny but could batter Melkerson. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. And even if he doesn't, we've got a couple of big boys that will no doubt take care of him. Just a weird gang, Hibs are. Yeah. An absolute well, speaking, gang. Speaking about Melkerson... He was involved in the moment two minutes later as he, I don't even know how to describe this, he collides knees with Craig Gordon, <laughs> who goes down, and 
I just want you to know this because you won't have heard this. When we got in the car, we put sports sound on my phone and we listened back to the final 10 minutes of commentary and then all the power. Nice. Right? When Craig Gordon does that, the two commentators alongside whoever was the kind of play-by-play, the two colour for each team was Craig Levine for us and John Collins for Hibs. And when Craig Gordon does this, he goes... Craig Gordon, he won't be able to look his kids in the face. He's, he'll be so embarrassed after this. And you hear Levine laugh. And it's my fav- one of my favourite moments of the day. Because Hibs were furious with what Gordon did. This is, it was amazing. This is what I mean. Maybe it's another one of these certain values. Anything to win. Don't, don't care. Yeah. house Ray. I'm all for it. The dark arts. Nobody likes this sort of stuff, but... Nah, uh, I'm yeah. I'm all for it. Um, talking about like the kind of Hearts elevens that we had recently, I think Richard chose Pasquale Bruno, and Dad <laughs> says to me that he was just an absolute animal. He's somebody yeah. that I would love to have seen. Yeah, yeah. and we've had like our own kind of wee shit houses within our time. Yeah, Ian Black being the kind I, of main one. <laughs> yeah, I think Cammy Devlin's a wee bit of a shit house now. Oh, I, Devlin's yeah. right up there, and he's only been here in eight months. Oh, brilliant. That's what we need. A little bit, a little bit dig. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I, people listening to this may have got to this point and be like, "You've not spoken about one of the biggest parts of the game," but that was deliberate because eight minutes got added on at the end, and the reason eight minutes got added on at the end was for probably the biggest negative of the day, is that. What I thought was much later in the half, I thought was around the 60th minute, because when you're in that stadium, time is a social construct. Oh, what? It does not operate in the same way. That was the longest hour of my life. Yeah, Easy. it was an absolute nightmare. However, only a minute and a half into the second half, James Scott goes completely through the back of Halkett. Somehow... We don't even get a foul, and I don't even know if James Scott got booked for it, because it was up at the other end. Macy had a goal kick, because advantage had been played. Right. And, yeah, exactly. He did what... Apparently, by the way, that was James Scott's best game for Hibs. He did nothing the entire afternoon. Standards have fallen at that club. It's great. Imagine that being your best game! I've missed this, Hibs. I've missed a shit Tibernian. This is what my life has needed for a yeah. wee while now. This is great. Exactly. Uh, uh, we are back, man. This is it. Hearts, the best of the rest, and Hibs, absolute dross. Shite. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, incredibly sadly, uh, in my opinion, our player of the year, Definitely Craig Halkett. Definitely a contender. Yeah. Craig Halkett. As we're sat here just now, uh, we don't know what the actual diagnosis on his ankle is we know it's an ankle uh, the club are hoping for a sprain but we don't know obviously with the it's bad when you're hoping atten- for a sprained ankle yeah exactly the care and attention they gave to it really suggests that they didn't want to move it at all which is obviously really worrying um, Taylor Moore comes on now before I speak to this moment in the 97th minute I want to say this because we have been very critical of Taylor Moore at times this season. We've also been full of praise from him at other times. I think this was arguably his best game for us. Totally because agree. I don't I don't think we missed Halkett near as much as I worried we would. I was 
a nervous wreck when I saw that he was coming on. I won't lie. Even when you said that, that we'd kind of criticised and been like praising Taylor Moore, I can't really remember praising Taylor Moore all that much. No, nah, um, I was trying to be balanced, but we've been pretty clear in our stance. But I actually thought that he, he performed pretty well. Yeah. Again, like I was worried about pace or lack of. I don't think that transpired to be an issue. What I was sort of miffed to see was Toby Civic going into the centre of the back three and Moore on the right of the back three. Yeah, you'd think it would be the other way around. With Moore being kind of the slowest that he might be in the middle and Civic to kind of sweep up afterwards, sort of like Kingsley does on the other side. Um, Yeah. But it it was good. It was fine. I, I thought that he looked pretty calm and composed on the ball whenever he got it. Was always looking to kind of play forward. I I thought it was probably his best game in a heart shirt, which fair play to the guy. Um, also, sorry, part on. of we were saying earlier about Civic and stuff like that, and like, oh, is part of it match fitness? Is it just he's not confident? I will say we finished that game with a completely brand new back four that we'd never played before because Kingsley had to go off as well who seems alright, but we finished that game with a back four of Cochran, Sibic, Moore and Atkinson. That, if you saw that, if you saw that at the start of a game, you'd be worried. You'd be thinking, oh god, none of our senior players are there. And they were totally solid for that last 15 minutes. Yeah, they, they were. Um, I don't know if that's because you know, obviously we've heard from Mixu Patalainen that Hibs are one of the best footballing teams in Europe and their tiki-taka style, maybe they're just resorting to long balls in the latter stages because yeah, they're maybe. desperate to obviously find this equaliser that they're craving. Um, so maybe it was just food and drink, you know, feeding it up long to our big physical centre-halves to nod it, kick it away whenever they could. Um, so, you know, maybe it perhaps played into big physical Hertz's hands. So... Exactly. End of the day, Hibs. Maybe. maybe need to work on that tiki-taka style that you're so famously renowned for. Yep. And well, big physical Taylor Moore definitely got big and physical in the I last minute. I'd love to see that. Yes! I'd, well, I didn't. I didn't at the in time. The moment, I didn't at the time. Don't get me wrong. But yes, that's exactly the type of shithousery that we want. That little bit of dig. That, not cheating as such, but yes, get stuck in about them. And get away I, I with it. I think it was cheating. No, I get think away it was with cheating. It. He didn't get away with it. He gave away a foul. So, didn't get booked again, for it Remarkable. Unbelievable. <laughs> he was already on a booking and somehow doesn't get sent off for that. Because the ring gets off the ball. Like, regardless, crazy. regardless if he's on a booking or not, that probably alone it's demands a red card. Yeah, so. <laughs> Tremendous work. Chris Cadden swings a ball in. It's the 97th minute. It's kind of hit and hope for him. He plays up to Porteous, who is for some reason up there. And Porteous just collapses to the ground, going, oh, I'd like a free kick. And Beaton waves him away. Oh. Now, much like Craig Gordon has been quoted as saying that he had no idea what happened, I also had no idea what happened because I didn't, I couldn't see what Moore does. But when you watch the replay, Moore does well to block Porteous and... 
like nothing happens and it ends up in Gordon's hand and Gordon goes to chuck it in Natty Atkinson and just go right there's a minute left let's see this out Taylor Moore's went no I don't let's get a bit of spice in the end of this game fuck it let's and gamble just, <laughs> yes exactly and just turns and goes this is worth potentially getting sent off and going into extra time for I'm wanting a body Ryan Portest I'm wanting Two to hand end my heart's career before it's even over yes exactly pushes Portest down began. Gives away a free kick. The free kick is shite. It's fucking rubbish. It's really funny because that Jasper, we were also told, oh, he'll be good. He'll do really well. Came on with six minutes left. What's he meant to do in that time, Sean? But he didn't do anything. I was terrified for this. I didn't watch. I was turned the other way. Me and my brother. My brother was head in his hands. My dad was the only one watching and he went, Gordon saved it. Get up, fuck's sake. And that was how we found out that Craig Gordon saved it. I, I was confident they would either balloon over the bar or hit into the wall. Um, so when it actually brought the save out of Craig Gordon, I was like, oh. But then obviously what happened, happened. Um, my eyes were elsewhere. I was totally bemused as to why the officials had even given the free kick. I must, I must have missed it in real time. Because I was like, hold on a second, I see the ball going all the way back over there, and he's giving a free kick. What's he giving a free kick for? I thought he gave a, I thought he gave a penalty. Because as I say, I can't see, and it's right on the edge, and I was like, it looks like he's generally pointing in that direction. Surely we've no given away a penalty Surely not somehow. even we are daft enough to concede a penalty for an off-the-ball challenge <laughs> inside their own box in the latter stages of a cup semi-final, 2-1 up against Hibs. Surely not. I do fully, I fully rate Craig Gordon being quoted as saying he enjoyed it because it gave him something to do right at the end. <laughs> the balls of that man to go, I am so bored at this point that I want something to do. Call your rod um, back in, Craig. Great work. There was amazing moments in the final 30 seconds of Ryan Portes walking through a Peter Haring, Nathaniel Atkinson, Cami Devlin sandwich, and all three of them nudging him, bodying him, pulling his shirt. Devlin was on that park for nine minutes, and I think he wound up every Hibs player who was on that park. Cami Devlin was on the park for, yeah, like you say, nine nine minutes. He did far more than most of our players in the best part of an hour. Yeah, he did. He actually did. It was everywhere. I think he covered every blade of grass within those nine, oh. ten minutes. Impeccable, impeccable work. Um, and exactly then, from a sub, 100%. Yeah. The ball gets punted forward from a throw in to Noddy Dawn. Boyce probably does the best action of the game where he chases it down under Portis. Or the first touch for his sitter. It's, it's between yeah, the two. Exactly. Aye, it's between the two. And that's it. The final whistle goes. We've done it. We're both 40 years older than we were at the start of the game. And we've beaten Hibs. Again at Hamden. And listen, I tweeted something similar after the game. They will never beat us at Hamden. They're physically incapable. It doesn't matter if we're bankrolled like we were in 2006. It doesn't matter if we're not that great. Players are only getting paid when we're in financial trouble like we're in 2012. It doesn't matter if we're in the championship and they're flying high in the premiership. It doesn't matter if they're shy and we're really good. 
It doesn't matter if they're fucking flying at the best season they've ever had and we're like, oh, it's not actually that confident. We'll beat them then. It doesn't matter if we have players that are missing through injury and they're going, oh, we've actually got a chance here. We'll beat them again. They're never going to beat us in a big game. It's amazing. Imagine being a Hibs fan and knowing that every time there's a big game between Hearts and Hibs, they'll get beat. I didn't say it on Saturday, but I did text my dad today saying... Can't wait for the recording tonight. Just want to say thank you very much for making me a jambo and not one of them. Yeah. Because it must just and be listen, the worst thing ever. I want to speak about this because the fallout to this game has been quite interesting. Because the narrative has been that Hibs battered us all game. I would just quickly like to read the stats for you. <laughs> because the game finished with 55% possession to Hearts. I don't see that as a battering. Hibs had 11 shots. (laughs) Hibs had 11 shots with five on target. So more off target than on target, but they battered us. Two of which shots came, that were, two of which chances came in the second half where they apparently, we never laid a glove on them and they completely dominated us start to finish. Two chances they had. We in that half created three chances that we just didn't take. However, apparently, we get absolutely bodied. We've heard that Hibs have outsang us, despite not having fans there. Of course you're going to think that if you're in the fucking end, you clowns. Watching the game back on the BBC, the only time you hear them is when they scored. And even then, we start singing louder and they get embarrassed and stop singing. We've heard that they, Maloney was like big physical hearts, mixed with love and that big physical hearts. Heart they love they it, do. right? They get, they get off to that. So Maloney was like, oh, I want them to play on the edge. What that apparently meant was, kick everything that moves. That's not being physical. Being physical is Peter Haring, who I thought had a great game in the middle of the park and managed to dominate Jake Doyle-Hayes for the entire game. Physical isn't Josh Campbell flying in with a straight leg studs up lunge and just trying to break Barry Mackay's leg. Nice. Well put. Can't disagree. You like a bit. Do you understand the levels of delusion that these clowns have? There's no... Imagine being proud of that. Imagine being proud of that. Imagine if we, at any point, got beat off them at Hamden. Never mind every time. defeat to your rivals? So, I want to get up a quote here. Not a quote, sorry, a thread. Because I had been thinking of this, but couldn't put it into words. Until Mr. Ross, Ross Marsh saw this today. Said this on this was a great day. Yeah. So I was thinking roughly this, and I saw a lot of Hearts fans try and make the point, but we were all a bit struggling, and he has put it perfectly. So if you missed it, what he said was seeing all the chatter about how Hibs lost in the right way or that they were proud of the loss, it got him thinking about when there was the last time we felt like that as Hearts can, fans. And he went. Can I stop to, you right there, sorry. Lost yeah, in the right way. Do you, like, yeah, fuck that attitude immediately. Yeah, do you hear yourself? Lost in the right way. Lost. Yeah. L-O-S-T, lost. Yeah, it's embarrassing. But let's go with it. The 2019 Cup Final, where, of course, we lost 2-1 after leading through Ryan Edwards' goal, but then we got beat after Haring came off. And the general consensus amongst Hearts fans was, listen, we gave them a game. We went into a game where we were the complete underdog 
against a team that should roll us over, that have a bigger fan base, a bigger stadium, more money, higher expectations, and are expected to beat us every single time we play. So when you play against a team like that and you lose, I, I can understand that mentality of going, well, listen, at least it wasn't an embarrassment. We gave a, a good account of ourselves. And as Ross said, it hit him, and I think it has hit a lot of Hearts fans this weekend. That is how Hibs see us. Hibs see us as their equivalent also of Rangers and Celtic, which is, I genuinely think is the most embarrassing part about this, because Celtic and Rangers have, we can't even imagine what it's like to compete with their amount of money, right? So what they can... Ange Postacoglu has been heralded as this genius and he spent £20.5 in a summer. We can't do that across two decades, right? Never mind in one season. It's ridiculous. Hibs and Hearts are almost equal in everything in terms of size, in terms of what they should be able to pay players, the attraction of the city. We're similar size in terms of our support, allegedly, but let's just go with that even if it's true, we're both competing alongside Aberdeen to be thought of as the third biggest club in the country. Everybody in that camp, maybe Dundee United could also join it as well, depending on how you view it. We're all incredibly similar sizes. They've got a player in apparently 10 grand a week. To then go, oh, well, at least we lost the right way to them, is so embarrassing. I can't imagine ever thinking like that. Nah, not... Could, not not to anybody if, outside the old firm. No, not at all. Yeah. Old firm's different because, yeah, they are in a different stratosphere. With the resources, yeah. facilities, everything put together. Yeah. I don't, Hibs should be able to compete better than they do against us. Let's be honest. Yeah. And they just don't. It's great. They're the best rivals that anybody could ever ask for. Um, look, I, I know that you're wanting to kind of get on to talking about matters elsewhere I wanted to bring something up because go for it the last time that Hearts played at Hamden with the fans if I'm not mistaken was the 3-0 defeat to Rangers in the League Cup semi-final would that be correct? the, yeah, night, Austin McPhee. the 1920 season and yeah. I, I saw a lot of praise for the gaffer and I wholeheartedly agree he's done a great job but I also think that great players make great managers and I wanted to have a look at the nick of the team the last time the Hearts were at Hamden with fans in the stadium. <laughs> right? Okay. So I've just searched up Rangers... Can I guess it? Rangers 3 Hearts nil. Go for it. Okay. Right. So it claims that we were playing a 4-2-3-1. So you fire away. I was remembering this prior to the Hibs game and I had flashbacks of the lone striker. That's all I'm going to say. But you, you, give us, you give us your team. Right. The back four is interesting. Was I don't I think it was Bobby in goals. Or was Joel there by that point? Was he? I'm gonna go Bobby's Lamal. You'd be incorrect. Joel Pereira was between the sticks. Fuck. You even said God, it I didn't realise he was I didn't realise he was still there. Uh, right back, Michael Smith? Michael Smith started, but Was he centre he half was, and Sean Clare was right he back? He was centre half. It's got Sean Clare on the right. Right, okay. Like I say... The, oh, wait, on the right? Yeah, on the right of midfield. It, like I say, this team is interesting. Right, hold on. Right, I'm just going to start naming players. Right, okay. Hickey. Hickey was apparently our right back that day, yeah? Right. 
A Bearer. Bearer, yeah. So Smith and Bearer in the Smith, middle. Smith, Bearer, Hickey right oh, back, Pereira in goal. Brandon was injured. So who left back. Right back. Wait, who's but wait, Hickey's playing right back? Yeah. What? Left back? Eh Who was our backup left back before we had Hickey? Was that the club last some... season? Wearing this top in the last match against Hibs. A.D. White. A.D. White. A.D. White, right. And you've got the uh, two, the two in front of the back Haring four. Was out. My goodness gracious me. Haring was out. Yes, he was. So it wasn't a Haring. Um, oh my God, why can't I remember who our midfield was? Andy Irvin? Was on the bench and came off. Right. So he came, uh, he came into the action. Why can't I remember who was on this the This team, May- can I just I d- say, is an absolute disgrace. This was the point that I wanted to come to. Is it one of is it one of those situations where it's like we should be paying emotional support compensation for Michael Smith to have to be in it and now be in this without team? a shadow of a doubt? It's an embarrassment <laughs> okay. that Michael Smith was associated with this team. Oh, who was? Have I ever blocked this from my mind? Who was our midfield two seasons ago? I'll give you a clue. One of the, one of them scored the winner against Rangers in the Scottish oh. Cup last season. Bazanich. Yep, and he was joined Ollie, alongside. No, Ollie Lee was away. Ollie Lee was at Gillingham uh-huh. at that point. Eh. Naismith would have been playing further forward. Naismith was a substitute and came off the bench. Surely he was coming back for an injury. I'd, I'd have thought so because Howie doesn't walk into this <laughs> Why team. Why would he not An amputee Stephen Naismith starts in this team. Yeah. Who's the other centre mid? <laughs> Do you want me to put you out of your misery? Yeah, tell me. Glenn Whelan. <laughs> Oh my god, no wonder I've fucking blocked that prick from my memory. Right, and I've right. given you Sean Clare on the right. Who's on the left? Whiten was on the left. Yes, he wasn't was. He? Yeah, because I remember seeing that team going, oh my god, Whiten's on the left, because Steve McLean was up yes, front. Yes, he was. Zone. So who was in the hole? Yeah. <laughs> who was in the hole? If Smith was the player. Was it Machine? It was. <laughs> so this is the point I was going to come on to. Wow. If ever there was a doubt about. Joe Savage and his recruitment and equally Robbie Nielsen getting a tune out of these players the last time we were at Hamden Park in front of fans we both agreed this might be wrong but I'm pretty sure it was the League Cup semi-final defeat to Rangers that team my goodness Joe Pereira in goal back four of A.D. White Christoph Berra Michael Smith and Aaron Hickey with Oli Bazanich and Glenn Whelan in front of the back four Whiten on the left, Claire on the right, and Machino supporting lone striker Stephen McLean, who was about thirty-seven years old at Hamden Park. Can we, can we please? It's come out today that Robin Nielsen's going to be getting a new contract. Can we please give him a ten-year deal <laughs> and just never let him leave? Because I'm glad you brought him up. Look at those jokers. Yeah, what look, a like, what a ton. I know that Joe Savage had. gets a lot of praise with regards to the recruitment this season, but even last season. Robbie had identified, I don't know, take Craig Gordon, even one of our goal scorers on Saturday, Stephen Kingsley, was Mm -hmm. a a Robbie Nielsen signing. For me, though, the biggest thing is that he cleared out so much shite. And has still got to clear out a little bit of shite, but he's cleared the vast majority of that shite out. Right. Speak to me about Robbie Nielsen, because I have said he is the best manager in my lifetime supporting hearts. 
you have always been the critical one out of the two of us. There have obviously been people who are more anti-Nielsen than you. Without a there doubt, because, who, because that's what yeah. I was going to come on to. I was a massive fan of Robbie and his first spell. That goes without saying. Yeah. And even then, I was thinking about it when I had this very point in mind. Robbie recruited well, even going back to the championship. You look at, like, Morgaro Gomez and Prince Boabin. Pallardo. Pallardo. So... so Eckersley was good for us in that season. Whoever, Ostart, even Alexander yeah. between the sticks, enough to get then, enough to get us out of that league. But went again once we got promoted with. And all he added was like Juanma, Igor Rossi, exactly. Jum, and it was really good signings again. Exactly. So he keeps the core of the squad together, couple bits and pieces, goes again, another great season. So. That, Robbie Muirhead. Th- this is <laughs> this is why <laughs> like, uh, John Sewer. This is why I didn't yeah. see. I I couldn't I couldn't have seen this in the championship. No way, and I refused to believe that this season would be as good as it has been. I didn't want to jinx things early on. That's all I'm going to say. It has been a fantastic season. Thirds in the bag. European group stage football is in the bag. Robbie Nielsen. And this playing squad have the chance to make themselves legends, regardless. Nielsen already is. Nielsen already Nielsen is. Nielsen already is because of his playing spell with the club. Yeah. If uh, who is, Has anybody won the Scottish Cup as both player and manager? Tommy Walker maybe did? I, I don't know, but anyway. I don't know. He would be up there in terms of Hearts legends in our lifetime, should he and this squad walk away with that coveted prize in just over a month's time. Surely you have nothing negative to say about Nielsen now. Don't you fucking no, dare. No, I'm trying to search just to wind you up, but I don't think I do. I don't think I do. <laughs> Good. I, so can we finally say you are Nielsen in? I am, I am finally Nielsen. I'm Nielsen. There you go. Yes! <laughs> but it's, it's finally, all it took him was to be the first manager in our history to beat Hibs twice at no, hand. No, no, just that small no, no, matter. No no no, 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 because even like, even within the second spell, like what he'd come out and say last season, I'd get annoyed at. As soon as we've come up, back up to the Premiership, it's as though Robbie just doesn't give a toss anymore. I don't think he did last season like, either. I think he was more calculated last season. It has been different to when he was here the first time, where he was much more measured and calm. The only real time I can remember him showing real emotion in the first time is Ozturk's screamer yeah. at Hebs, where he goes yeah, yeah. mental. Whereas now, every game, he's on the touchline going ballistic. It's great. It is great. It, I love that him. Man, it, love that him. man bleeds maroon. What a guy. Yeah. Right. And, and do you know what? Yeah, I... Fair fucks. Well done, Gaffer. I'm I'm fully on side. You've got me. Just hope that when we meet again, it'll be a nicer interaction than the last no, time. I hope I hope he punches you in the face for ever doubting him. Come on, Robbie. Get in. And Hero. we then found out the next day who Robbie will be leading his side out to face. You're welcome for that seamless Hampton. segue, by the way. Not a problem. Right. Thank you very much. We will be facing... Rangers in the Scottish Cup final for the first time since a very Ah. important game in 1998. Now, how are you feeling about it now as we sit just over a month away? Obviously, everybody knows why I'm called Adam. 
Um, mm-hmm. and that That's was... why I wanted to ask you first, and I didn't want to say you know, anything. That... My, my brother's middle name is Adam for the exact same that. reason. Um, that was obviously a prior. That was a month prior to me, like coming onto the planet, mate. What a scary, scary thought. It's been a long time. I was ten months old. <sighs> wow. Wow. <laughs> um, free hit in it. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't give a fuck. I will on the day, but just now I'm like, we're there. You know Who what? cares now, what happens? This sounds daft, but it's all I can think about. But I'm putting it to the back of my mind because we've still got five meaningless league games to come. So I'm trying to tell myself that it's not the most important thing, but it pretty much is. Um, yeah. <sighs> if we. Oh. If we go on and do this, I will be an emotional wreck. I really will. I don't think we'll have a podcast for a good fortnight after it. I'll just—I'll <laughs> be greeting and drinking the whole time, just in awe. Um, we got the better side of the draw as well, in my opinion. I, I think if Celtic went, we wouldn't have a chance. I would agree, and I think what what baffles me is the fact that this will be our third final in four seasons. So in essence, mm-hmm. we've been there more than any other club. Surely, it's got to be third time lucky. And the only reason that I say that is because we've we're coming up against a different opponent to the one that we've come up the previous twice. That could fuck us. So because it's like we have but, to start again. I know. And then this is what else is absolutely crazy. Like this season, this season has just been mental. Like with regards to the cinch, because. We're actually wanting Rangers to simultaneously reach a European final before we play them in the Scottish Cup final. How can that possibly make sense? But it Mind does. Why we lost the Queen of the South? They very nearly did. That's right. <laughs> How can you go from playing Zenit St Petersburg in the UEFA Cup final in Manchester to then playing Queen of the South in the Scottish Cup final? Mental. Absolutely mental. Don't know how I feel. Well, Hope that the first eleven's back to yeah. give us obviously the best chance of winning. But again, like I'm saying this because regardless, it's been a great season. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter what happens at Hampden the twenty first of May. This season has been exceptional. That's what I want to hammer home. And you know when, like when we were younger, losing finals was just the most heartbreaking thing. You'd be yeah. like on the verge of tears. I was there against St Mirren. That was a League horrible Cup. day, so was I. Um, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Paul McCallum! <laughs> what, what I want to say is that it, it doesn't... like it, it won't matter. I don't think I'm going to be left gutted. The only tears that could arise from this is in sheer delight at capping yeah. off what has already been a great season. Um well, and we're 90, potentially 120 minutes away from doing so. Well, before then, we've got to play shite like Dundee and Don't care. <laughs> yeah, give, the ki- so, give the kids in Civic a game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, and Taylor Moore can push for Do folk. not care. Can, uh, let's just look at how attractive Charlie McGrew is for 90 I minutes. Really let's hope, just do that. I really hope Robbie gives the backup brigade. Like, this, this is a great game for, like... GMS to come back from injury, get Cammy Devlin ninety minutes under his belt, 
give Gino. Dare I say it? Give Ben fucking Woodburn a chance because he's actually scored uh, a brace against United at Tiny, and that's all he's yeah. ever lived off in a heart shirt since. My goodness. Right, what's it? Because obviously we're playing them on Sunday away. It means nothing. We could win ten nil. Yeah, we could get care. beat ten nil. Nine changes. What's your score prediction? Um, I, I want to be optimistic, but then I feel like United have sort of been due a result against us. Oh, I saw Tam Courts on Saturday. Did you? See the game? Yeah, I was walking back to the car, and he went into a cafe beside me. Lovely. What do you, what do you think Tam Courts was ordering at the cafe? I don't know because he was with somebody and he had a briefcase uh, under his arm. So maybe United's oh, a new it? signing. Oh, okay. I thought, I I thought it was know. his missus or something, but it's obviously no, a, it was a guy. club official or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he went in, he like, it was like, it wasn't a chain. It wasn't a chain. Just a regular it was like guy. A, a, a unique cafe. A man of the people. With, with his nice, weird, weird voice. He does have a bit of a weird voice. I know that's rich Kirk coming Cody. from me, but he does. Um, I am through the borders I can't speak <laughs> uh, in terms of score prediction I actually really like Tam Courts let's just let them win yeah. I'd like United yeah. to get Europe yeah fuck it 2-1 United I'm going 4-0 United fuck well, it who cares who cares it all depends like I'm saying this because I want Hearts to play the backup brigade which United should probably beat so yeah. we haven't seen the eleven. If you're asking me, my eleven for Sunday would be Ross Stewart in goal. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Halliday, Jamie Brandon on crutches at right back. <laughs> Halliday at left back if he can make it. Don't know. Um, yeah. Centre halves: Sibic and Moore. Uh, yeah. Right back is Michael Smith back yet? Don't know. GMS no, on the left. Devlin in the middle with. McInerney, Aiden Denham. Um, on the right, I'd chuck Aiden Denham. Don't know. Who else? Finley Pollock and then Finley Pollock Mackenzie Kirk. Shirt. Yeah, I'll chuck I'll chuck Aaron McInerney up one and Mackenzie Kirk up front. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Boom. Send the kids, Robbie. Back up brigade and the kids till we reach the you, you know the last two or three. Then we want the first teamers back in action. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well. What an episode. I told you it was going to be a longer episode, but of course it was going to be. We couldn't not speak for ages about this. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you have had a great time listening. We hope you all had an amazing weekend. We know I don't know how you could. Exactly. It was a yeah. great time, wasn't it? Oh, man. Hearty Midlothian Football Club are back, baby. Come on! Well, if you have enjoyed this episode, I really hope you have because it was a very big one for us. Please do share it around. If you want to get us on all the social media, we're at Pertapaisley. It's on the screen below us. I'm talking about it on the screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, please leave a like, subscribe, comment. If you're just listening to us, the audio version, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. It's much, much appreciated. You can also get us at the email, Pertapaisley at gmail.com. Adam, where can they get you on all the socials? Then get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I am at dmckiver22. We'll be back next week to probably just speak about Stephen Kingsley's goal again and kind of just go, oh, we got beat off Dundee United. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on, the Jumbos! Come on, the Jumbos!